Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are back with another one today, baby. What is going on? It's your boy, Preston, Fat Samurai Guy. Back again with another episode of the Movie Dojo Podcast, baby. And again, I have another awesome guest hanging out with me today. Director, that's right, martial artist, actor. He's done it all. That's right, James Couchet. Welcome to the show, my brother. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy uh, that you were able to make it. And uh, you know I got to get the shout-outs out of the way here. So big shout-out to uh, Lee B. Golden. He be Golden. Thank That's you, right. Lee. Yeah, for bringing us together. Phil, from Film Combat Syndicate, the link is in the description box below of this video. Make sure you guys click on it and follow because Lee is in the know when it comes to action. Yes. So, James, man, we're going we're gonna to fire right off the bat here, right off the bat. Brother, how did you get into martial arts and the filming industry, my friend? I think they kind of came about at the same time. Um, I think I became like a total cinephile in like the late, like late high school, like late 90s, early 2000s. And it's around that time I joined the military and, you know, out on your own, you have your own money. Uh, I was like, you know what? I feel like taking martial arts, man. So I, just, I started taking Taekwondo. Um, really kind of dove deeper into film. Like in those, those days it was great because we were getting all this, like the DVD was this huge thing. So all of a sudden, like everything's in there, like Hong Kong movies, old cult movies. I was, uh, I was on like a first name basis with the people at my local Hollywood video. Uh, I think I earned their respect when I went to go rent six string samurai. And after that, they're like, they start like saying, "Hey, James, how's it going, man? Like, oh, hey, good. What, what you got? You know, I that was what I did in those days. I would just kind of walk past all the big movies and go yeah. for like the cult stuff, like you know, discovering yeah. Evil Dead, discovering uh, Mean Guns and Extreme Heist and that kind of thing. Wow, you just said Mean Guns. Holy crap! You know, I haven't seen that in years, but I just saw that they uh, they're going to be re-releasing Mean Guns in 4K. I think Vinegar Syndrome's doing it. I'm not sure. But I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow, it, was, it, it, it surprised me. It took me back to the video store era, man. Blockbuster Video Hollywood, especially Hollywood Video. So many memories uh, walking up and down those aisles, man. I mean, I was I was kind of like a, a pretty loyal Hollywood Video guy until they went out of business. But yeah. the last one I went to, I was friends with, like, the whole staff. And they found out, oh, yeah, your store's shutting down. You're going to become a fan which is just so just horrible. Yeah. So we're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's make an action movie before this place shuts down. So we bring in a bunch of like Ren Fair stunt people. We make this really weird, like sci-fi fantasy action movie with like Amazing. sword fights and gun fights. And, yeah. yeah. It was, and it's like, Hey, we, like what, what are they going to get mad about? Oh no, you wrecked the store. There's no store left. <laughs> you know, you count the, I think that it's like maybe a couple dozen DVDs left. It's all like the worst movies that nobody wanted to buy. <laughs> oh man, that 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 sounds amazing. I got some people watching right now. He's just ready for this, fam. He's excited. There you go. I got some people <laughs> watching. Uh, but yeah, Hollywood. I, I think yeah, I think towards the end, I became a Hollywood video guy. I, I just ended up going to Hollywood Video a lot more than 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 the old blockbuster. Yeah, but even then, like I was like. I loved Netflix when they were a DVD service because ah. the obscure stuff, they look at the crazy stuff that they had. So I was like yeah. deep diving in the message boards online, finding out about these movies. And I've learned about like, Oh, this movie called the deadly art of survival, which is 
supposed to be like the first hip hop martial arts movie. What? I don't know if it, in America. I don't know if it quite fits that, but I, I rented it, and it's like this this gritty like eight millimeter shot in Queens in the seventies like karate yeah. movie, and it's wow. like this is such a this is such a wild thing. Like that's the kind of movies I was drawn to because I I wanted to make them, but I was never crazy enough to think, oh yeah, Holly was going to give me like hundred million dollars to to make like anything. So I was drawn to stuff like Hong Kong movies and Japanese movies and stuff yeah. like Evil Dead and Six String Samurai because yeah. they're these like awesome movies, but they're made on the indie side of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many hidden gems out there, you know, and uh, we support, I mean, I, I said it yesterday. I mean, this channel is all about supporting independent cinema. And a lot of times, I've been saying this actually, <laughs> actually a lot last year and kind of the year before. We've been getting a lot more of our enjoyment in terms of on the horror side and the martial arts side and the action side from independent movies. Yeah. More. We've been getting a lot more satisfaction than a lot of the big budget AAA ones. I, 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 I was calling them big budget AAA disappointments, you know? Yeah. I think what the cool thing about I got started making indie film back in 2005. Uh, like camcorders, mini DV, filming stuff on tapes, yeah. like editing on like iMovie and, and stuff like that. Now it's like the the cameras are better, the mics are better, the computers, the editing software. You can if you learn Unreal Engine, you can do like Hollywood level VFX on your home right. computer. Yeah, I think that technology kind of opened the door for indies in a way that it hadn't before, and so yeah, Hollywood's not really. Like they make some action movies, but for the most part, they're just kind of, I don't know, they're kind of disappointing to me. They always feel like they're not really adventurous enough where you go and see an indie film and it's like, hey, I really miss like golden era Hong Kong movies. Just go watch yeah. Unlucky Stars. Go watch uh, Paper Tigers. Yeah. Um, there's just, a, there's, there's so much, there's so much now because like technology has made it, like it's, it's closed the gap between what a, pro movie looks like and what an indie movie right. looks like oh i'm so happy to, uh, that you enjoyed paper tigers man i mean Dude, <laughs> that, makes that me movie, <laughs> i i had just like gotten through the first two karate kids and the first couple seasons of cobra kai and watching yeah. that it's like yeah this is like indie this is like indie cobra kai but it's got like that really awesome opening of just all vhs yeah, um, yeah. it's like really cool seeing people who like oh yeah i know gita silva i've seen him on like stuntman react the guy's awesome yeah but you know, overall, it's just this really, it's this really great indie. And yeah, yeah. You know, it's a I big, like I, like I told the director, because I had Baltran here, I interviewed him, and I got a chance to interview him and the cast, including Marshall Club at uh, San Diego Comic Con, Kung Fu Extravaganza panel. And I said, they're, they're, that movie is like a big warm hug. <laughs> That's yeah. what that movie feels like with badass fight scenes in it. Uh, it, it totally uh, is. Yeah. Like the, the Yuan brothers, like Ron yeah, yeah. and. Oh, what's yeah, Roger, like, think, right? Roger, Roger, yeah. and uh, Ron Yuan, yeah, like, yeah, they were like, they don't get to do cool stuff like that, but they got to play these really great characters. It was like, man, yeah. these these guys have been wasted, they haven't been able to really show like the range of talent they have in like in Hollywood, indie side. Like, let's let's kind of let, let these guys like really show what they can do. Yes. But also seeing Matt Page in that movie as uh, as Carter No Hands was just like, 
Did you see uh did you see um cop versus killer the the one the I'm planning on I'm planning on renting it very soon, and I'm going to reach out to him to see if he wanted to talk about it on the show. But have you? Did you see it? I did see it. It got good um, reviews. Yeah, like it's no, it's good, man. It's good. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember thinking the whole time, like, man, I like because I, I heard like he had like a ten day shoot. It was like just absolutely brutal. That's like, indie. That's indie. That that's that's indie. <laughs> um, but and so like, man, this guy is really good. He's like a really good director. He has a really good yeah. sense of like how to like juxtapose intensity with comedy. Right. I really want to see what this guy can do with a bigger canvas. Yes. I think that's kind of what you say about a lot of filmmakers. Like, I would really love to see what they could do with like more backing. And I think that Cop versus Killer would be like, it's like this. This is why you need to give this guy more money. Yeah, you know? and he can act too. Yeah, he can actually and act. Yeah, I like, saw a couple of is, scenes. Yeah. Yeah, like I um early in the movie he like does some training. I was like, damn, that guy's he's pretty damn good. Like yeah, and you yeah. find like oh he's like a black belt, he's like multiple black multiple black belts and stuff. Yeah, he's legit. He's a legit martial yeah. artist, man. Master Ken. That's right, that's right. <laughs> uh we got we got people in chat right now already wanting to check out the Lost Phoenix trailer. Well, don't go anywhere because you know your boy <laughs> Samurai guy's gonna show it right here. We, uh, we, but we yeah, will cop- take the thing apart and I will I will spill all the secrets about it. <laughs> Sweet, all right. This is what it's all about. Uh, so it is cop versus killer. Chat's asking just to make mm-hmm. sure, right? Okay, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Oh my goodness, the Gray Council. What is going on, brother? Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, I hope you're doing well. Kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, representing that sci-fi over there. That's right, uh, sci-fi and fantasy. All right, but yeah, yeah, that was a. Uh, it's on the list. Cop versus killers on the list for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But but speaking of uh, absolute fun and a blast if you guys have not seen this make sure you i believe you can still check this out on youtube uh the mario warfare <laughs> series is still on youtube right it is still on youtube okay. you guys if you've never seen this this is amazing hilarious creative Absolutely. and believe it or not badass like the fight scenes and actions like legit you got oh, yeah Eric Jacobus is 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 in this series as well. Martial artist, you know, stuntman. I've had him on the show uh, as well. But uh, I, you know, I, you know, I had to pull this up. You know, what I'm saying what our yeah. boy James here, Couché, is captain in the game master. Look at that! It's so great. Look so so young. So so like so. It's it's weird looking at pictures of that. Like ah, such a so young, so innocent, such a baby. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that was. I'm not gonna lie, man. Mario Warfare. I don't think Lost Phoenix would exist if I hadn't had that experience because I got to basically shadow Micah Moore, who is one of the most talented filmmakers I've ever worked with. Uh, he literally, like, I, I I got to see the first two episodes before I brought was brought on board as Captain N. So I get there, like, okay, I wonder, you know, like, this is like a big big production because this looks really cool. There's a lot of re- lot, a lot of everything going on. I yeah. pull up because I'm uh, to his like apartment building because I'm going to crash with him that night, and I see him. I see somebody coming out of the building, and it's him, and he's carrying a bunch of elbow pads and a can of pink spray paint. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. what? What's going on here? He was spray painting Kirby's elbow pads. He had already spray painted Kirby's tactical vest. So I'm like, oh, that's how he he didn't like buy blue and pink tactical vests. Yeah. He buy tan ones and spray paint them. As he needed. Like, oh, you do. You know, the the Smash Club scene was in this like old <laughs> turn of the century like horse police horse stable. 
Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, so there's a whole bunch of us, like all the all the Smash Brothers characters are dressed in like greens and blues and reds, and all the background extras like browns, grays, and like blacks. Yeah. And it was really cool because it's like it just made the characters pop. But this production was like, yeah, there's like four people behind the camera, three of whom yeah. are operating. So I'm like, how are they making this look so amazing? With they, they don't have like this massive crew. It was like one big light, no reflectors. Like, so at that point, I'm like, I need to learn as much as I can from Micah because I've never seen someone create something so high quality with yeah. so few resources. Yeah. But you know what Mike is doing now, right? Was, uh, remind me. So he is actually designing action sequences for Hollywood movies. Oh, really? Yeah. During the pandemic, he got really good with Unreal Engine and their like filmmaking tools. Yeah. And I don't know how or who it got to, but yeah, he worked on, I think, I know he worked on Argyle, that one with okay. Henry Cavill. Wow. And I think he might have worked on The King's Man and also uh, They Should. Nice. I just talked about the King's Man Sunday. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations yeah. to him, man. Yeah. It's like, sure. hey, he, he made it. Like, that's that, that's like the yeah. best story ever. It's like, super talented dude. Yeah. And he he's kind of like, he made it. That's that's kind of like whatever. That's what we all want. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're on your way, my friend. You're on your way. But yeah, I had to, <laughs> I had to show this. All the younglings are like, Captain in the Game Master. What's I know. <laughs> I think a lot of people were like, who, who is that? Yeah, a lot of the younger uh, audience was like, Who, who's that guy? I've never heard of him. <laughs> and I, I figured, like, man, I'm going to be like a history lesson. And hey, it's like, that's our you, job. You guys, you guys should all watch this show so you understand how embarrassing video game <laughs> cartoons were back when we were all kids. <laughs> I watched that. I watched all three seasons of that show. <laughs> I've gone back to rewatch it. It is so wonderfully bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those good, bad shows. It, it, yeah, it like, really is. Like, <laughs> I, I I watched that before I played Castlevania, before I played Mega Man, before I played Kid Icarus. So when yeah. I went to go play those games, like, well, how come Mega Man isn't, like, weird and green? Why is Simon Belmont not, like, you know, why is he not rocking this <laughs> pompadour? Didn't they have a Game Boy mascot? Because, you know, Thundercat, Thundercats, had, yeah, Thundercats had Snarf, Ghostbusters had Slimer, and I think an actual Game Boy <laughs> was, mm -hmm. like, the mascot. Who talked and walked around and stuff like that it was ridiculous. And of course, they oh, get the, the legendary Frank Welker to do all the to do the voice for that one because he's the goat. He's I mean, the goat. He absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, make sure you guys check this out on YouTube. Check out the whole series. I guarantee you, you will love it more than the Super Mario Brothers movie that came out last year. So, <laughs> guarantee. You have one more fun fact about Mario sure. Warfare. Sure, man. So at one point between takes, uh, we're outside. It's we're, we're, I'm dead tired, and I find this yeah. what looks like a bench, but it looks like it's made out of like highway metal dividers. Yeah. So I sit down on it, most uncomfortable thing ever. And Matt Matt Sumner, who plays Mario, walks up to me like, "You know what you're sitting on, right?" I'm like, I have no idea, but it does not feel good. He's like, "That was in the Super Mario Brothers movie in 1993." Wow! There's a, the owner of this place actually was a, worked in the art department for that movie, so we were filming the property of a guy who worked on Super Mario. Wow! How fun! You actually have a, a real prop from the movie. How fun is that? <laughs> a little Easter North, North Carolina, egg. North Carolina, small world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How fun is that? Well, yeah. Well, let's take a look at your other projects. Oh, wait. First, I I meant to ask you: Is any of that footage available of you making a movie at the trashed Hollywood video? <laughs> Is that is that uh, anywhere we can see that? It, it might still be on YouTube. I think it's like called Warriors of Stelvia. Okay. 
All right. All right. I'm going to look it up just for fun. Yeah. We'll check that out later. How fun is that? Yeah. But let's, uh, <laughs> t- let's talk about some of your, your other projects and then we'll, we'll get to that lost Phoenix, baby. Yeah, man. What's this all about? Brush so this, by a this was like a 48 hour film that we made. This is the last time I did it because I'm just like, you know what? I, I, I need a break from this before it kills me. Yeah. But um, yeah, this was just like a, almost kind of a thriller. Um, almost completely unscripted. We kind of had the actors were improvising almost their whole performances. We just kind of told them like, well, here's what you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, that was, that was a really interesting experience. Also considering the fact that we had to make it very, very quickly, but it's also every time the Richmond, Virginia 48 happens, it's like a hundred degrees and rainy. So yeah, that was, that just made, I look at pictures that we all look like we're melting. We all look completely miserable. And we're just like, (laughs) shooting this thing like oh god why do we keep why do we do this to ourselves every year <laughs> but I, I live in denver now so i yeah. wonder like will the conditions be as bad when they ha- when they hold it here gotcha gotcha so this is a thriller we got going on here mm-hmm. all right copy that what was the plot what was it about do you remember so basically it's just about this kind of like hapless dude who gets lured in by uh this artist and she kind of poisons and petrifies him and base and uses him as like an art uh, a live art piece no way that sounds crazy he's already petrified dude yeah it it ends ends on a pretty down note let's just say that she wins he like wow the the hapless dude does not win the day here wow all right evil did not die that night (laughs) (laughs) all right interesting hey sometimes i kind of like endings like that all right (laughs) art of violence look at that look at that handsome guy right there so this one, I wanted to make a film noir action movie. Yeah. And we actually were like, well, I want to do like a gun versus knife fight. Ooh. So if we did this like close quarters gun versus knife fight between me and this guy named Ashanti, who is like really, really good at karate. Nice. Um, I, it, it was, it was like in my apartment, we had to move stuff around. We had to like try to figure out how we're going to light this in a noir fashion. At one point, we had this big lighting fixture out on um, out on the fire escape, blasting light through the window to kind of get that really cool, like yeah, you know, blind light. Yeah, but um, yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. Awesome, um, awesome. Was also, it kind of also exhausting? Was was the movement a little similar to like Equilibrium in a way? It was very gunkata. Nice, nice. Yeah, copy that. Equilibrium. I still want to try to do proper gunkata though. I don't think it's been. It, it it there's there's more there's more to explore there, right right. You know in the uh, in the eighties with the John Woo films, you know they called it gun fu, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and even though the John Wick films, people some people still call the John Wick films gun fu, but I think they they changed it as as gun jitsu, I believe, yeah. for well, Wick. But I I feel like equal. I've, I've always felt Equilibrium is a very underrated movie, and oh, no yeah. one talks about gun kata. No one really talks about it. It's it's underrated, in my opinion. I feel that movie. I mean, I really like that uh, Mario Warfare, like first episode. You have like a full on gun kata fight, yeah, which was awesome. And I, I used to study Wing Chun, so oh, all right, you can kind of start to see the trap when you watch it. You kind of see the trapping, and you kind of see like some of the movements. Um, you also realize how incredibly how how ridiculous it is, but it's a movie fight. There has to be that level of yeah. You know, just like that, that would never work. Like, yeah, right. of course it would. It's it's right. a movie. Yeah, you have to have some level of disbelief. 
I mean, yeah. And we, I mean, just me and Richard Somez yesterday just talked about that. Like, you, we can have, we can be fanboys. We can have fun with your action. You can have fun with your action movie. It's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I said, I said, if you can't suspend your disbelief, uh, and some uh, have fun sometimes, you're not going to enjoy films like Commando. I mean, I know a lot of people. They, they, they kind of want Commando. their action to be like super realistic, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get that. It's kind of boring to me. Like, I look at yeah. a lot of like modern action movies, right? Like the ones we were complaining about, like really hyper realistic gunplay, and like, you know, can I just give me, give me John Woo stuff? Give me, give me like Gunkai. Give like, I, I want to have some degree of, I want to have some degree of disbelief between yeah. like cinematic violence and real violence because real violence is just depressing yeah. um so and the movie the movie will be short hmm? <laughs> your movie the movie yeah. will be short yes. <laughs> if it's realistic you're not going to have a long movie <laughs> yeah everyone's like i think uh, a couple years ago they did they i think uh screen junkies did this uh how many how many john mcclain's would it take to survive die hard yeah because this super realistic action movie is like he would have died like three and a half times just to get through that one story <laughs> Yeah, like, that yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, but you know, uh, people are nitpicks and stuff like that, and that's fine. But <laughs> it's okay to have fun. You know, you can have your le- you can have your realism, but you can mix in some fun with it as well. It's not that was kind of the, the ethos for Lost Phoenix. Like it, uh, in the scripting phase, I was I was really angry when I wrote it, but as the production went on, it's like you know what? Why wouldn't we have a capoeira fight? Why why would we not end this movie with a big sword fight? Yeah. This like modern, this modern set in 2020 movie should end with a sword fight. Yeah. Let's go, man. That's what it's all about. That's right. Highlander style. Let's do oh, it. Yeah. All right. Now I'm already laughing at this title. Is this like a martial <laughs> arts comedy here? Dumbass Shakedown. What, what's this all about? So this is literally about some a dumbass criminal who <laughs> mistakes a martial arts school for a jewelry shop he's supposed to get protection money from. Yeah. yeah. Uh and he gets thrown out by the sensei, comes back in, and um, very unwisely tries to fight the sensei. Right. And uh, the sensei is played by David Norton, who plays the villain in Lost Phoenix. Yes. But yes. yeah, basically, it's just, it's just like, you know, comedy, sla- like slapstick fight scene. Yeah, yeah. Please tell me his name is Dumbass. The lead is his name um, dumbass in the movie i really i really was trying i was really lobbying <laughs> to credit the character as the dumbass but david wouldn't let me it's like okay, okay fine give him a name give him this tragic uh, backstory i don't know maybe he's dyslexic he couldn't read the sign a lot of your short films that you've done is there can people watch that on youtube or some some areas what's that again a lot of the short films that you've done already, can people watch them on uh, streaming oh, yeah. services or YouTube? Or... So pretty much everything I've made is actually still on YouTube. All the way nice. back to the very first movie I made in 2005 in college where it's like, you know, it's it's 22-year-olds taking themselves too seriously. It's like, you know, we're supposed to be assassins, but we all look like college students. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. You, you do. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's still fun to go back. Like, this is how it started. This is how it's going. Like, this is my very first fight scene I ever shot. And now I'm just, like, doing all kinds of, like, crazy Superman punches and, and whatnot. It's fun. That's what it's all about. Nice. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got Video Sniper. 
So this one is probably one of the more popular ones I did. Uh, the Sniper is played by Jared Kearney, who played Luigi in Mario Warfare. Nice. Absolutely brilliant actor. Like, that guy, he elevates everything he's a part of. But literally, he is a sniper who worked in the video store that went out of business, but he kept the list of overdue. Uh, he, ke- he, he kept the overdue list. And so he's now hunting down people on that overdue list. And the only way he can survive is you must defeat him. And you must survive three rounds of six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh, oh, this is, this sounds hilarious. Mm-hmm. I have to watch this video sniper. This sounds great. And the problem is my character, like does he hasn't seen, he, he, the only thing he can think to connect Kevin Bacon to is the movie beauty shop. Yeah because he was watching it multiple times on an airplane recently. So that's like literally all he can think of. So it literally drives the sniper insane because this guy's a total cinephile. So it's at one point I literally was like, all right, I can, there's nothing I could script. that's going to be better than what Jared's going to come up with. So I basically gave him his direction, hit record, like, all right, go for it. And yeah. he gave me two of the most deranged takes I've ever seen. And it's like, this, this is great. Like I had to, I, I had to cut away, but then cut back. And so he has like after credit scene where I'm like, I have to show them everything that he said. This guy <laughs> is absolutely transcendently crazy. Got some outtakes. I love it. Love it. And then we got attack the dojo up in here. So this is the last short I did before I really went all in on making, uh, making a feature. And it's kind of like a companion to Dumbass Shakedown. Only it's a total McDojo, total scam place. It gets visited by the Better Business Bureau. And literally the guy from the Better Business Bureau is going over the list of all the things, all the reasons why they should be shut down. And then they attack him and he, like martial arts ensues. Nice. Uh, Yeah, it's, it it, it gets really, it's very silly. But um, yeah, sounds it, great. It, sounds fun. Yeah, I actually so a project I decided to undertake is like going back to Dumbass Shakedown, um, Attack the Dojo, and this other movie we did called Iron Jade. Kind of tri- make this like loose trilogy of old school martial arts inspired shorts, uh, just kind of parodies. Oh, nice. Um, just kind of recut yeah. them, re uh, you know, recolor that kind of thing. Because I. I the experience of making a feature has kind of made me a better editor or better everything, better storyteller. So I'm going to take another pass at those. Nice. Yeah. Hey, let me know when they're ready to watch. <laughs> we could premiere them here. That'd be great. That'd be, that'd, that'd be a lot of fun, man. We do a little uh, reaction video style to those. How fun is that? Oh my goodness. But yeah, all of these look great, man. These look hilarious. A lot of fun. Uh, but now it is time. That's right to get to the main meat of the night. That's right. Lost Phoenix already. You know, congratulations, brother. You're already getting great reviews uh, from all these other sources. Look at that. Four to four to five stars, B+. Plus, you know, just, just positive reviews. But the one that really caught my eye the most was mm-hmm. Film Threat. <laughs> film Threat even... Uh, gave your film positive reviews, man, and gave you some love. You know, they understood what you were doing. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, I, that was like, wow, congrats, bro. Film threat. That's what's up. After th- like after three years of working like 
So after after three years of two years of shooting it and one year of editing it, I'm like, I've seen this too many times and too close to it. I can't tell if it's good anymore. So I was sending this out to reviewers with a little bit of fear, like, oh man, if this is gonna suck, now everyone's gonna see it. Um, thankfully it doesn't suck. But um, yeah, I'm really happy with just the reaction the movie's gotten. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like I, I kind of like look at it as like this is a, a B plus action movie, but those are B plus action movies are just awesome. They're just a lot of fun. Like oh yeah, you know, where would we be without like Transporter or Eraser or Time Cop? You yeah. kind of need those. Yeah, your, they're, they're, your they're... luggage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rewatched that recently. That movie is amazing. You had to catch a trade. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh, absolutely. Eraser. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, I, I I look at those movies like, yeah, these these are a lot of fun. Sometimes, yeah, you know, they're not. It's not speed. Like, there's those A plus action movies like Speed, yeah. Fury Road, The Matrix, that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, the B plus stuff. It's like these are these are just like a lot of fun, and I find myself going back to them, especially on Tubi. Like, it's like, oh, <laughs> Transporter Two is on Tubi. All right. <laughs> Tubi's the place, man. Tubi is the place, especially when you were talking earlier about going Hollywood video to rent obscure titles, where you're going to find everything obscure (laughs) on Tubi and more, and actual really awesome stuff is there as well. So there's still some movies on Tubi. There's still some movies out there that I really, really wish were available for streaming. Like um, I rewatched Extreme Heist recently because I I recently saw like an interview with Johnny Young. Have you ever seen it? I don't think I, which one's that one about. That's the one w- where like Koichi Sakamoto decided I'm going to take Johnny Young Bosch, Jason Narvi. We're going to make like a, a micro budget action movie out in like. Oh, oh, is that the one? Um, Lee Lee B. Golden's always championing. He's always probably like, yeah. No, Lee and I talk about that movie all the time. He showed you, me the fight scenes from that, like some of the clips, and I was like, holy shit! I got to see this movie. Yeah, that's yeah. probably the same movie. Yeah. That was a Hollywood video discovery. I, I totally like was just walking through the VHS section in 2006, 2007, and I yeah. came across it. Yeah. And the only reason I picked it up was I recognized the name Johnny Young Bosch from Power oh, Rangers. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome movie, but it's not available anywhere. You have to like either pirate it or get it on DVD. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were talking about the 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 we understand streaming. We get it. It's easier. We we get it. And I bought some things digitally that aren't available physically. So I've done that too. But you know, there is something important. There, there, there. You know, physical media is extremely important. You know, so buy it while you can. That's all I got to yeah. say. Before it gets crazy expensive. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I could... still. I, I still buy. I still buy physical media partly because there are some things you just can't find. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. There's so many movies that aren't even on Blu-ray. Yeah, like they're just DVD only, and some of them are just VHS only. They didn't even make it to DVD. So, you know, it's it's a it's an it's important. Yeah, physical. I mean, Vinegar Syndrome and MVD and you know Shout Factory. They can only do so much. Yeah, I'm still happy we're getting like Mean Guns Blu-ray. Like I did not (laughs) see that was ever going to happen. Exactly. I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. But I have a Hollywood video uh discovery memory. Uh Drive with Mark DeCascos. Yes. 
I looked at that cover and I started laughing because the cover looked a little goofy, right? Mm -hmm. But I was like, Mark DeCascos, it's Mark DeCascos, let's go. So I said, oh, I'll give it a shot. Had no idea. When the movie ended, I was like breathing like, <sighs> like I was like, wow. I was not expecting that level of stunt work and fight choreography or anything. I, I couldn't I mean, believe Alpha, it. Alpha stunts, Alpha stunts is really underrated. Like they, they did some amazing work. Yeah, you know, weren't they the guy? Weren't didn't they do like Guyver Two Dark Hero? Was the yes. was that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amazing movie. Yeah, that needs um, a proper Blu-ray 4K release. That movie. I'm just happy. Movie. I'm just happy. A couple of years ago, we got a decent DVD of it. But yeah, like yeah, you know, let's we can track down David Hayter. We he'll talk about the movie. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do that in the future. That'd be amazing. Yeah, have him on here. Uh, but yeah, Lost Phoenix, how did this script come about and how did the project come about? So it was 2020, like middle of 2020, uh, a notoriously bad year, um, in case anyone forgot. And I had been, the previous year I'd been working on a what would have been my first feature. COVID came along, just killed it. That, that yeah. movie was just gone. And I was in like a really dark place and I had this very twisted thought, what would it be like to wake up now with amnesia? And you have no idea how the world got this way, but also you don't know any other world than this. So this is it. This is, this is the world. This is reality. for me. Yeah. And then I kind of took it a step further. Well, you know, because what would happen if you also had no documentation to prove who you were like, what would the, what 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 would happen to you? And it kept on getting like more and more scary. And I'm like, this would make a really cool thriller. Let's turn this into a thriller. Yeah. So I wrote this as a proof of concept. Um, and we shot it back in like October of 2020, a couple of days. Um, I looked at it like, okay, this is really good. Like Juan Drawl, the star of the movie, he had never acted before this. He'd done some modeling, but he'd never acted. And as I'm watching, like, what well, we got, like, yeah, this guy, he's he's got it. I think we can, I, I can, I think I can turn this guy into the Haitian Jean-Claude Van Damme if, if <laughs> we work it right. Yeah. So literally three years uh, ago today, we, um, the, the movie went from being a proof of concept to being a feature project. So, yeah, we kind of, like, just went from there. And we were filming all the way up until... I want to say the beginning of October of uh, 22. Yeah. And yeah, after that, just got to just head down working on the editing. Wow. That's awesome. That's amazing. And he just added to it and boom, ready for yeah. release. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been weird because like the production was, we, we, you know, we had to take our time during production because I was constantly broke. Um Yeah. Yeah, as, as most indie filmmakers are. It kind of reminded me of when I was like in college and dirt poor, like, okay, well, what bill can I, which bills can I push another week or so so I can afford to pay this other bill and yep. also afford food? That's kind of the experience of making an indie feature. And, um, but yeah, basically two years of production, a year of post-production, and then out of nowhere, it's like, oh, by the way, we're doing release. Within a month, it's like, okay, well, we're out on three platforms. I have to start promoting this stuff getting review like getting reviews back it's just it's been kind of a whirlwind this last uh two weeks right 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 well, i know you're excited you know <laughs> and uh you know people that made the film the filmmakers and your cast i'm sure they're excited about it and again you know congrats on all the positive 
feedback and reviews from everyone. Uh, but none of that matters. None of that matters. The only thing that matters, what does Samurai Guy think of the movie? What do I think? I'm putting a stamp on it. What do I think of the movie? Hey, <laughs> let me tell you, everybody watching right now, Lost Phoenix is legit, baby. When it comes to indie martial arts and action films, Lost Phoenix scratches the action itch, baby. That's right. Trust me. That's right. Only my word counts, James. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, I'm going to mute yeah. this guy so he can't even disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just having fun here. But I mean it, guys. Make sure you guys check it out. Right now, it is available. That's right. On Amazon right now, you can rent it for just $2.99. That's it. Check it out. Buy it for $9.99. Will there be a, a physical release of Lost Phoenix? There actually will be. So, um... I'm I'm right now. I'm trying to like get ideas for like okay, what features would people want from from on the Blu-ray? Because I don't like bare bones discs. Give me lots of content. Give me give me commentaries. Give me yeah. You know you know stories. The production was so small. We didn't actually have any BTS people, unfortunately. But I, I kind of want to almost turn this into a masterclass in like how how to make a, an action movie with like next to no money and right. and. No, and having so it still looks good. The fights are good, and nobody gets hurt. Those are three really important things. There you go. Well, let's 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 stop the my lolly lollygagging here. <laughs> let's show everybody watching. Let's give them a little taste, baby. Let's show you everybody watching the trailer to Lost Phoenix. Let's do it. You really don't remember anything, do you? What's that like? It's like learning about a different person. The closer you get to the truth, the worse it gets. Get ready. Music's about to start. alive. Tell me why your brothers in arms want you so dead. It's me. He's the mission now. Bring me his head. I can use a new trophy for the wall. If I'm gonna die tonight, I think I'm entitled to know why. Yes. Yes. That's right. Woohoo. I already seen the movie already. And that trailer, that trailer <laughs> still pumped me up. That's what it's all about. So let me go ahead and bring up the trailer again. And we can uh, uh, hear the legend James himself. Give us a little bit more behind the scenes uh, stories, man. Hold on. Let me bring it up here. Give me one second. All right. Uh, we'll watch it. We'll watch it again. Uh, how long? Again, was a was it to film uh, when you were first filming it? So that first uh, that that first proof of concept was like three or four days, and right. some of it actually is in the movie. Like that opening bit, this whole opening bit, yeah, uh, that was actually part of the uh, the proof of concept. 
Oh, okay. So, All right. Yes, yeah, so that got to stick around because um, it was good. But yeah, this is one of the very first things we shot. The very one of the very first angles we shot. You know, I, uh, he did a really, really great job in the film, man. Uh, I mean, know, his, he looks his physical like performance was great. Oh yeah, and he also like he looks like so many different famous people. Like he looks a bit like Jaiman Hanzu. He looks a bit like Mike Coulter. When he smiles, he kind of looks a little bit like Tay Diggs. Uh, it's like I remember thinking, like, man, you look like all these different famous people, depending on the lighting and the angle. But yeah, yeah like yeah. he really. I, yeah. I will say this: like we lived in the same building. We actually that's that's how we met. And, oh, all right, all right. Yeah, he expressed interest in being in in acting, and you know, he like I said, he had never acted before this. But after after we kind of finished the proof of concept and I told him, yeah, we're going to go forward with the movie, he got really serious about it. He started like watching interviews with actors, kind of learning about the process, learning about like, well, how do they create a character? How do they embody that? And then he also like, you know, started working with a friend of his as a kickboxer to get nice. to make his kicks look a lot nicer, make his form look better for the fights. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah he, he really kind of. Huge shout out to him. Huge shout out to him. He was great in the film. Uh, but yeah, I like I like the I like what you said, the Haitian Van Dam. Let's go. Yeah, you got bodies there. Uh where where look where location was this area? So this is in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Um, there's a canal that goes through a lot of the city. And we pretty much filmed this with no permits. We called the cops, we like, hey, we're gonna be filming out there. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, people just walk through every so often and we'd say hi, be really friendly. Uh, even when we were like having a knife fight, people would just like walk through like, hey, what's up? What's up? How's it going? <laughs> this, this one couple came by when we were on a break and they wanted us to like use our lights to like help them take a really nice picture. Yeah. Um, it's like, cool. Just like you just literally watch two guys fighting in the, like, in the tunnel. <laughs> I, I found that um, people are... People don't get too weird when it comes to like fist fights, even bladed fights. We had a sword fight at the end, and in view of the public, like you could look over and see what we were doing. No one oh, cares. Wow, that's amazing. If you have, I, a gun, I would watch. I would watch. Yeah, yeah. if you like, yeah, if you have a gun though, then get things nervous. get a little bit more dicey because there's a bit more right. visceral reaction. Like you don't have to worry about somebody walking around with a pair of swords starting trouble. Like that, that guy's. <laughs> Yeah, that, that guy's going through some stuff. Leave him alone. <laughs> he just came from Comic Con, you know. Swords <laughs> of prop. Leave he just came from Ren Fair. He's a, it's all right. Oh my goodness! And uh, this actor here, talk about uh, him. So this is Justin. Um, he was he was literally only there for the uh, he was only there for the um, group of concept. After that, he moved to Ohio. So when we went back to go film the rest of the movie, like we needed his dead body for a take. And it was like, well, we're not, I'm not going to ask this dude to drive from Ohio just to play a dead body. So right. we had to like use our first body double. This, this guy was actually doubled by more people than anyone else, including <laughs> me. You know, he, he's like, someone doubled his dead body. Someone yeah. doubled his like hand to draw a gun, you know? Right. So wow. he was actually played by, this character was played by technically four people. Wow, that's impressive. You never notice. You would <laughs> never notice when you watch the movie. How fun. Yeah, there he is trying to figure out his past. But you know what's going to go down. 
You know, one of my favorite movies that are similar uh, is uh, an old school kung fu film called "He Has Nothing But Kung Fu." I don't know if you've seen that one. It stars I've never Gordon. Seen that one. Gordon Liu is in that one. <laughs> he has nothing. Oh, but you know, kung it's good. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I recommend that one. He has nothing but kung fu. This, these two characters, <laughs> <laughs> these two guys, man. Oh my god, the, the dialogue back and forth between them was busting me up, man. So I'm much of their rolling. best. So much of their best material wasn't really in the script. It would oh, just kind of were... be like, hey, I need you guys to like rip on each other a little bit. So I'd kind of, <laughs> we would kind of like come up with stuff on the day. Oh, that's and great. Yeah. Like, and I kept on thinking, like, I kept on creating new scenes and new moments to kind of show more of these two interacting because it's just fun. Uh, yeah. The movie kind of needed a bit of levity. So I kind of gave it to these guys. Oh, yeah. That's oh, great. They were ad libbing. That's amazing. Yeah. But this, where did you find this this giant here? Oh my goodness! So yeah, both these guys were incredibly lucky gets. Um, so basically, for the character of Roman, who had to be like this big, imposing, strong guy. Yeah, I you know put out the casting call. I had, I had one dude who was like five foot six audition for this role. I'm like, no. No, you can't play Roman. Um, and then, you know, all these people were kind of auditioning and none of them, none of them were right. None of them were like terribly big. And then this guy auditions and I'm like talking to him in that like an initial like uh, Zoom call. Yeah. And he starts like just just to be a just to be like antagonistic, he starts doing like a peck dance. And I'm like, <laughs> man. But he he was perfect for this character, and he really kind of started asking me these very intense questions about his character, and made me think more. It made me think harder about him. So, okay, his his desire to like know more about him actually resulted in Roman being a more interesting character, as opposed to just being like the big strong guy who can do the peck dance. That's right. That's awesome, man. But yeah, they both were great. They were they were busting me up. But yeah, man, the the cinematography is great in this. I mean, this Thank is you. like legit. And you and 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 again, it's just so nice. I will I will say this forever. It's just so nice that you can actually see the fighting. Yeah, you can see the fighting. Ugh. Even those moments where there were moments where we I tried to like do kind of a born style like especially at the beginning of the movie when he's still trying to he's still not fully understanding his own skills yeah but i but see, even you then, see the fight still, yeah you could still see it yeah and that was important to me like you should see it ooh hard hits and great sound design too especially with the kicks and punches like it's so good oh i had to uh i that, that took a that took the longest of anything i think was getting the sound effects right There he is. Yeah. Yeah, doing the pose. That's right. That's right. And great great performances from uh everyone else, especially her. Oh and, yeah. And uh and she's a martial artist in her own right. She's got a taekwondo background, I believe. Yeah. Oh no, Eliza, Eliza brought it. like she she needs to be playing more roles like this. Like and it's kind of jealous cuz earlier this year she actually got to uh work on Black Creek with Cynthia Rothrock. I saw that. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, how cool is that? Do you know if she has like a fight scene in that movie or? Um, I I don't know, but from what she said, she did work a lot with Richard Norton. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm Another like, yeah, that, guy's, that yeah. guy's a beast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, another guy I had the honor of interviewing here on the channel as well back in the day. Yeah, Richard Norton, he's 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 a sweetheart, man, but don't piss him off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, she was she was great. Her acting was great. My my favorite. I'm not going to spoil anything because I want people to watch the movie. But uh, it was it, it was a it was the sequence between her and our lead, and then we're sitting at the table in the kitchen. Uh, her acting there while they were both sitting down conversating. Her acting, I was like, wow, she's she's great. She's really yeah, good. She's she really was good. one of those people I knew I could really push hard to get like to get per, to get like a really intense performance out of. Yeah. Um. It, and I'm like, you know, you're like. You're a really good actress. I want to challenge you a little bit. I want to challenge you in a way that's going to make the movie better. Gotcha. And that's the kind of directors we need more of nowadays. You know what I mean? They challenged our actors, you know. Bitch me. <laughs> made me laugh, man. <laughs> Who are they trying to kill? Bitch me. That was hilarious. <laughs> now, this gentleman, this was my introduction to him. Yeah. I did not. And he, great, great acting performance from this guy. Uh, what was his name again? Uh, this is David Norton. Yeah, shout uh, out to David. Shout out to yeah. David. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people have said like his his villain performance and this is fantastic. Like he's legitimately like I think he showed it to some family members and one of them, his sister in law, turned him like you are you're like a really bad person in this movie, <laughs> which is interesting because he is one of the kindest people I've ever met. Yeah, and yeah, yet yeah. He played this character so well and so yeah. convincingly. And yeah. Yeah, my, like he, he really brought it. My uh again, this was my first introduction to the actor, and he was so good as at this role, but I did not know that he was legit martial artist and he had this legit background. I oh, had yeah. no idea. And so when we get to the finale, I was kind of like, Oh, oh shit. He he he, he knows <laughs> some <laughs> shit. He knows so, some shit. Oh so I, I, I loved it. He is uh he is an Aikido sensei. Right, but he also trains in Iido. Right. Sorry, Iido. He's actually corrected me on that. Iido. So he knows how to use a sword, and he actually taught Juan to use a sword for that final fight. Nice, nice. Did you plan on um, their encounter here? Look at—I love the lighting here. Yes, oh, great. Yeah, oh, this was so really specifically designed. But um, it's the funny thing about this fight, and people think it's one of the best fights in the movie. Oh, it's great. Um, when we got to the location, we literally, I literally had to kind of re-choreograph 70% of it on the day. Okay. Like we had done a lot of, we'd done previs, we'd done, you know, choreography, all this stuff, get there and find out, well, this isn't going to work here. We don't have enough space. Um, right, right. So right, right. I pretty much had to like re-choreograph on the day. But the cool thing about it was I was able to really better use the space. Um, and also realize, you know what, I should get weapons in their hands as fast as possible because that's what's more, that's going to yeah. make it more fun. And I love how they both fought in character. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not like he he's big, huge, hulking, you know, beast. It's not like all of a sudden he started doing drunken boxing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he fought, <laughs> he fought into character. It was great. Yeah, David. David's actually told me he's not a big fan of the Superman punch, except for this movie. I'm like, well, yeah. Look at the size difference. How else are you going to take a guy like that down? Except exactly watching exactly. yourself at him. This character cracked me up towards the end too. Oh, Oz. <laughs> he, he made he made me laugh. He 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 did stuff towards the end. 
that I was not expecting his character to do. It was more like a fuck it ab- attitude. Like, fuck it. Like, fuck it. I don't want to spoil it. Again, I can't spoil it. But oh yeah, uh, when he had the when he had the dual pistols, he was like, fuck it. <laughs> that was cracking me up. <laughs> but yeah, uh, great stunt work. There he is. Look at look at the man there. Oh, look at that. Great. So good. Oh yeah, like good. with that that particular bit of choreography, David did that with so much he did that with a surprising amount of swagger. The way yeah. he just kind of like just slide almost slides in and punches him in the face with the sword with the mm-hmm. sword in his hand. Like yeah. there's this weird bit of just like attitude to it. Yeah. Then it's like nailed that character because literally he's he is beating him with uh, the blunt end of the sword right. to like almost insult him. Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. Just to kind of prove like this is how much better than you I am. And <laughs> yeah, I I kind of like that. Like fights where somebody's just like, I'm gonna be cocky. I'm gonna I'm gonna insult you. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just recently talked about it. How uh, I think it was yesterday. And I've always talked. I've always mentioned this. How we always I always champion our heroes getting their ass kicked. Like I always champion our heroes having to, you know, get, you know, get over adversity, you know, like they get beat down or there's something mentally they need to overcome or something physically they need to overcome. Those are the best heroes. So, I mean, so basically anybody, so basically the not Steven Seagal school of, of, of <laughs> I guess I know, I know that's one of the big criticisms. Uh, were there any early Seagal films that you like? You notice I said early, right? The first yeah. five, any of the first five that you like, or you don't like any of them. So I like Under Siege, but the thing is, I actually started going back to figure out, like, was he ever good? So like <laughs> uh, above the law, like yeah, he was he was good because he was yeah. still hungry. But hard after to kill? Under Siege, what about, what about Hard like, to Kill and Mark for Death? Hard to Kill was pretty. Hard to Kill was pretty good. But it was also the point where it started to get kind of yeah. weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like what after Under Siege, and he's right. like, okay, I'm like I'm an A list, like. He just right. became insufferable and really lazy. Like I watched <laughs> Under Siege two, and they literally had to like hyper speed the footage to make it look like he was running downstairs. <laughs> like, oh my god! I know Under Siege two is probably a good. Bet. There's That's such a, a small bet. window where he yeah. was actually like good. I still, cha- yeah, I still champion Out for Justice though. Yeah, that's, I mean that's, that- pro- that's my favorite Seagal movie. That was great. Especially his his uh, fun little fight with Dan Inosanto. But yeah, back to yeah. this though. Back to this uh, awesomeness here. Uh, but yeah, having our heroes overcome is uh, what it's all about. It's brutal doing the kick. I mean, ah, uh, I love this look. Where's this location at with the with the end sword fight? Oh, so there is this area. There's this island called Belle Isle. It's kind of like in the middle of the James River outside of uh, Richmond. Yeah. And it's got all this stuff. It's like a really like it's a place where people go to day drink a lot, uh, hang out on the rocks, go fishing, whitewater rafting. Yeah. And this is left over from like some old industrial stuff on the island. And it just kind of has this really cool look to it. So it's like, all right, let's have them meet here and, you know, yeah. just shoot like and it look it look. It, when you walk up to it, it doesn't look terribly impressive, but if you shoot it right, it looks really cinematic and really cool. Yeah, and you did a phenomenal job, man, shooting this fight. It was just so good. It's so good. But like, this is what you know. I, I mentioned this before a while back. There's something when when you think of the old school classic 
kung fu films. It's there's something about two masters, two masters going out to an obscure location. Yeah. <laughs> meeting together mano y mano with nobody else around. This huge landscape and they just go down. They just it's just toe to toe. That's it. It's <laughs> me against you. Let's go. There's there's just something so special and awesome about that and when it happens in all those you know classic films or even samurai movies you know you get the, let's, let's let's meet on the beach with nobody around and let's do this you know i definitely got that vibe with this fight man for sure so the weird thing about that fight is it originally wasn't supposed to happen this fight yeah so oh. originally um like basically a lot of things about this movie were dictated by like, well, we want to do this thing, but we can't get a location for it or we don't have the resources for it. So we have to change it. Yeah. And originally uh, David's character was going to be killed by Layla and the end fight would be, you know, Juan versus Juan's character, Isaac versus Gunner. Oh, and they were gonna, okay. it was going to be like a kind of a, kind of a machete fight. Right. And okay. Things shifted, things changed, and I realized, like, I have an Eido practitioner in the cast. He <laughs> exactly. is an amazing sword fighter. Yeah. As a, like, physical discipline is incredible. It would be stupid to waste that. So I kind of shifted it around, so to kind of like make him this, this kind of like hidden physical threat. Like everybody thinks, oh, he's just like the, he's just like the psychological threat. He's just the the mastermind. And, when in fact, no, he's actually legitimately dangerous. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. comes as a surprise. It surprised me. <laughs> that threw me off. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Because I was like, at first, I was like, "Oh, he's he's probably stunt doubled," but then when you yeah. have the, when you show all the fighting, I was like, "Oh my god, that's the actor!" So I, I mean, I stunt I doubles require money, and this is a thing that we totally <laughs> did not have. I have I have to ask. I'm back on the Seagal trip. I have to ask. Oh yeah. What does what does uh, uh the uh, I Aido right Aido uh, right? Aikido. Okay. No, the sword style is is. Oh, oh, I think he does. I think his kenjutsu is what he does. Okay. But yeah, yeah, does sword fight. Yeah. What what is what is uh, your master in the uh, in this film think of Seagal's sword fighting skills? Has he said anything? Well, we've because they both do. No no comment. No no comment. Yeah. Yeah. Strong (laughs) strong opinions are had. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. That's all I need to hear. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Back to it. But yeah. How interesting. Uh, that wasn't supposed to be the main fight. But look how everything just worked out for the best. Look at that great shot. Yeah. Great shot. Boom. Oh, love it. Yeah, that had to make the trailer. Love it. Oh, yeah, babe. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. The thing is, oh, yeah. this movie during production, like so many things had to change because it's like, Oh, we. I wanted to. Want, you want to do stuff? Want to do cool stuff? But it's like, well, yeah. But that requires. We don't have the resources for that. We don't have the time. We don't have the money. So I would, you know, be constantly adaptable. Like I'm not precious about something. Like if thing, if this is not going to happen, I'm not going to get stuck on. Like I'm going to. And David would could tell when I was doing this. I would re rewrite, reshoot, and recut the movie in my head on the spot. And he would always be like, "Yep, I can tell because you're like looking off and you're you're staring off into space. I know when you're doing that, you're literally remaking the movie in your head on the spot, so we can like keep yeah. going." And it did happen. That that happened a bit, like you know. But to make a movie like this, you have to be really flexible. You know, you got to be like, you you have whatever happens, you have to roll with it. Otherwise, 
it's gonna fall apart. Indie cinema, independent yeah. cinema, man. That's just how it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Congratulations, man. Again, I enjoyed the film. Everybody watching, that's right. I endorse it. I support it. This movie is legit. You can take that quote, put it on your posters, man. I I, I will totally put that on my poster. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm looking for like real good pull quotes. So yeah, you're getting you got one. All right, woohoo! What an honor! What an honor! Like Brandon enjoyed what he watched. Look at that. He's he's down. He's giving it the thumbs up right there. All right, that's what it's all about. But yeah, man, uh, you are on your way, sir. Again, congratulations. I can't wait to see you. what you do next. It's just going to keep getting bigger and better, man. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to keep the, the Haitian Van Damme? Are you going to keep the same cast for future I mean, projects? I like, so I, I now live in Colorado. They all still live on, he, he, uh, so Juan moved to Atlanta or is moving to yeah. Atlanta. I live in Colorado. Everyone else still lives in like Maryland, Virginia. Yeah. But a little part of me, I want to make like a an indie feature where I film in like Colorado and like DC and New York and kind of have one of those like not globe trotting, but maybe like, you know, airport hopping yeah. Uh, movies. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah like basically I, I could not have done this without them. And I really want to keep working with them in any way I can. Awesome, awesome. And we will keep showing up to watch, my friend. As long as you keep putting out quality content like this, man. That's what I, it's I all about. Yeah. Sequel or next project? Well, we don't know yet. <laughs> probably probably next project. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, about I'm about 30 pages into my next script. I wanted to make uh, an action drama involving Super Sentai. Oh, so, no way. Yeah, so that's that's Dude. what I'm working on right now. Tokusatsu project, dude. I live for that stuff, dude. That's I was amazing, a Godzilla man. fan, huge Godzilla fan growing up. You oh, know, I was like, we're, I was we're there brothers. For like, uh... We're brothers. That's it. <laughs> we're now brothers. Now that's right. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, we I could talk to this man about movies oh. all day, but he's extremely busy. But hey, thank all of you guys for watching, hanging out with the old samurai guy as in this episode. Uh, follow James on his filmmaking journey. That's right. Link is in the description box below. You can follow him on Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, don't forget, let me let me remind everybody, in case everybody's showing up late here. Hey, no memory, no identity, no limits. Lost Phoenix right now. Rent it, buy it, share it. Keep supporting independent cinema and martial arts and action movies, baby. And uh, James, don't go anywhere, but I'll see you guys on the next one. Take care, guys. Los Phoenix. Go.